0: You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. I'm here. And guess who else is here? Bryce. Bryce has uh, done a couple of Talkville episodes. He's now on an Inside of You intro episode because Ryan is uh, on a camping trip yep. with his dad. Ryan's on a camping trip with, with his dad. father, something I would never do with my father. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, a lot going on, man. Um, just briefly, I want to thank you for listening. If uh, you're here for Helen Slater, you've come to the right place. If you enjoy the podcast, uh, we think we're different than any, ever, any other podcast. We talk about mental health. We talk about life with celebrities. It's just not fluff. And if you dig it, we'd love your help because the support really helps us. We're not a huge podcast, but we're growing. And uh, write a review. Um, subscribe. And if you want to join Patreon to help the show, go to patreon.com slash inside of you. P-A-T-R-E-O-N slash inside of you really helps the show and uh without the patrons i i wouldn't be here also the uh we got the inside of you online store with tons of cool merch and tumblers i just got these new inside of you jackets uh little sweat zip ups they're they're dope they're selling out so get one and uh cool new tumblers and uh autographed pictures and scripts and blah 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 and uh yeah it's a lot of fun i'll be in salt lake city dc and uh rhode island in september with tom we're going to do an evening with michael and tom we're going to do a lot of stuff sign pictures all that i'm on the cameo and uh, the inside of you online store cool merch i said uh my band sunspin.com uh we're selling vinyls they just came out vinyls there's only 99 signed um by me and rob and numbered um love the support you um,
2: didn't do 100 you did 99? 99
0: 99 because we, we we kept one. Oh okay Yeah 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 actually 98 because <laughs> we kept one each gotcha actually 97 because i gave my mom one
2: there's only 97
0: 96 actually i gave tom there's one
2: only was, 90 yeah yeah
0: yeah. <laughs> but we appreciate it we worked really hard on the album and we're really proud of it and i think you'll be uh surprised so have a listen if you will sunspin we're on spotify we're everywhere else and uh, we're playing music um at the end of every month on stageit.com. you can get tickets and listen to us that would mean the world to me uh, our guest today is helen slater she's been in so many things but she has so many fantastic stories about Supergirl and working with Christopher Reeve and uh, just what did you like about this podcast?
2: I like that she was open about her experience early She because she came into Supergirl at like, what, 18 years yeah. old or something? So she got thrown into the limelight super early. Oof. Um, I would have fallen apart and at a different age, right? There's no social media or anything. So it was really interesting hearing that perspective. And then also her, her fascination and her interest in education. Yeah. And uh, I think it was like mythology that she's really into. She's not what you would think from super. Yeah. which is cool.
0: She's really smart. And also on top of it, what's amazing is she talks, those are my dogs, but she talks about Helen hunt, her best friend mm-hmm. and Helen hunt, you know, she tells Helen, like I saw some, uh, some video of a movie I did. And she's like, Helen, I look so old and wrinkly. And she was like, when she saw footage and Helen looked at her and said, sweetheart, we're dying, (laughs) which is so profound and funny, but we're dying. We're all dying. We're all getting old. We're all aging. When we're born, we're just aging until we end up dying. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was kind of beautiful and I apologize for my dogs, but I don't because it's a puppy and all right, without further ado, Let's just get into it. Let's get inside of Helen Slater. It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. Hey, folks. Wanted to highlight something important before today's episode. In case you weren't aware, myself and many of the guests are on strike alongside SAG-AFTRA and WGA. Today's episode and any we air before the strike ends were recorded before it began. So this is just a heads up in relation to some for the topics we may discuss. If you want more info on the strike, visit sagafterstrike.org. Now let's get into it.
1: I mean, I just graduated a myth program. So, of course, the images and the icons in this room are totally fascinating to me. Are they just like you just collect what you want? Or is there there things that...
0: I think there's something that has to do with nostalgia Ah. from a certain time period of just like going, oh, my gosh, I remember this moment with my friend Dave Buchert. Watching Return of the Living Dead in Louisville in his basement, or I remember my mom making me watch this movie with her, right, and being scared. Or the first time I saw The Evil Dead, like I, I always was a big horror movie fan. I've talked about this, but like, it's funny because people assume since I played Lex Luthor, I was the Flash, I'm in the Guardians of the Galaxy world, that oh, I'm I'm big in Marvel and DC. I know nothing. Yeah, I, I had that about no the less. DC
1: world when I did Supergirl
0: did you know nothing nothing did you have to look into order you're like no i'm not doing that
1: well i was 18 when i got the part Oy. and it, we had much less access i mean i love superman
0: as a <laughs> yeah, kid that's good
1: have we started oh yeah we, we oh, always, we have?
0: oh yeah oh <laughs> yeah we just talk it's just kind of like this is like you know
1: oh. i like
0: it when it's just like sort of fly on the wall i want people to feel like they're a fly on the wall and we're just two people talking good you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now you were just talking about you. You're getting a degree, your master's in what?
1: My PhD. I got my master's last. Oh, so
0: master's. This is what I know. Master's comes before PhD, right? Oh, okay. So it's bachelor, or you know, whatever. What is it? it took Undergrad. me thirteen
1: years to get my bachelor's degree because I started working right out of performing arts high school, the Fame High School in Manhattan. I just boom got Supergirl that September after I graduated in June in 1982. So, and everything was about, I come from a family where education is everything, and I always just had this kind of shame wound around education. Really? It just was like... Oof! My mom went back to law school at 42. My brother's an attorney. My stepmother's the first woman dean of students at Princeton. My stepsisters went to Yale. And I mean, just like education is everything. So it was always there. And then I just wasn't working as much and had the time to do it and slowly made my way through Valley College right near in the valley and got the... AA and then graduated from Antioch and then went to Pacifica Graduate Institute in their myth program, which is incredible. This is a big shout out for... Well, education, I mean, but he, that program, yeah,
0: myth, mythological. You think of like, like, like what the Loch Ness monster and things. <laughs> like, I mean, are we thinking like mythological? Is, is that what that is? Like, I
1: mean, sure, that comes from. I don't know the full history of that myth, but Greek and Roman myth, uh, and then world stuff. mythology, Norse, African mythology, um, Egyptian. We covered as much as you can. For sure. We read the Odyssey and the Iliad and-
0: Clytemnestra.
1: For sure. She was not very nice to Agamemnon. she was
0: not very nice. (laughs) I remember reading those things in in college and they were interesting.
1: And I wrote an album called The Myths of Ancient Greece before I even went to school that took like my six favorite ones, Narcissus and Echo and Psyche and Eros and Demeter and Persephone and- couple of others wow. and and turned them into like mini musicals because that's what I had done at Performing Arts High School. That was kind of my-
0: And you have an album yeah. of that. What's it called?
1: The Myths of Ancient Greece.
0: The Myths of Ancient Greece. And yeah. you think like <laughs> who, like I'm not, this isn't a knock. This is like, I. what I love is that you do- what you wanna do. This is my passion. Whether or not people really listen to it, I don't think is really your.
1: At some point, I think we all have that kind of pivot of like, I actually want, I'm only here so briefly. Like, how do I bring meaning to this life? And how do you navigate that if the world's not reflecting it back? Do you keep going with that thing that's inside? So. Yeah.
0: yeah, I I battle that, that, that thought of like, you know, always appeasing, always pleasing, always, you know, a lot of times we live our lives because, you know, we want to make other people happy, mo- most of the circumstances that we're mm-hmm. in, situations that we're in. So I think you get to a certain age, hopefully, where you say, all right, stop. Why are you doing this? Are you doing this for you? Or yeah. Are you doing it for some sort of reciprocated, you know? attention is it would it so you have to really beautiful and and i'm i am working on that i think i'm getting a lot better i'm sort of like going hey you know not comparing myself to others Mm -hmm. as much like Mm -hmm. i have a problem not a problem but i envy those people who i perceive as having their shit together i don't i like them but i'm sort of i look at them like god why can't that be me why and i look at you like that because what yeah i just feel like Look at you. You've, you've been married to the same person since, what, 89? hmm So that's, what, 30? 30...
1: I think we have, I can't, I think it's, thir- I don't know.
0: Well, it's a while.
1: It's coming up to 33 or 34. And every time year. I've met you,
0: you're just so, like, you're a straight shooter, but you're very, you almost seem like you're just in a constant state of uh, meditation. Oh. In a good way.
1: That's so, that's, I will take that one. My dissertation is around, has that in it. I'm looking at refuge practice in myth and where we see these archetypal images of refuge in all myth, in all these different myths, how that's such a key piece, kind of what we were just talking about earlier, which is gonna get cut from this conversation, (laughs) but the importance of kind of collecting oneself and settling and making sure we're going to the ocean or hiking the mountain or doing those things that rest the mind So that the other stuff can come through and we can't get to it unless we do sort of settle back, search out those or those places search us out. Sometimes we don't have to be like doing it. It comes to us, you know. But I
0: feel like you you've been like this for quite some time. There's a I'm not saying you're perfect because you're going to tell me you're not. I'm
1: 100 percent. We can guarantee. Of course.
0: (laughs) Of course. But you feel like you I feel like you have a real grasp on. Things that are very important, things that I don't think I have a grasp on, which are um, career, family and love, uh, you know, uh, passions, just sort of purpose, purpose.
1: I don't think anyone gets out of feeling same old shitty self as Pema Chodron, the Buddhist teacher says, that feeling of same old shitty self. Well, someone who was once talking to her, that like we have this... We do have self-denigration built in, which I do, too, for sure. I mean, that is something you—certainly writing a dissertation right now, the doubt just kind of sits on the shoulder. And then there are moments where there's so much trust, like, it's okay. Then there is that discursive, like— so it's a battle, right?
0: That we all have. We're always battling with ourselves. I mean,
1: right? from the Buddhist point of view, you know, pardon the expression. I'm not a professional Buddhist, but I do study it, and it's in my dissertation. It's about becoming friends with, or like becoming intimate with, the thing that's just you. Just want as far away as possible from yourself. Like, there's no way I'm accepting that part of myself. And like the Buddhist view would be. Not a problem. Let like if you open to it and you take a seat right in it, it actually shifts and changes and never stays as that one concrete jealous person, raging person, right. small minded. You know, mm-hmm. it's always moving through. Or yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the Buddhist.
0: No, right? no, it's good. It's uh, hmm. huh, just it's making me think right now. You're making me think. What
1: are you thinking about, Michael? No, I, I'm not going <laughs> to get into
0: it. But it's it's just like. Uh, you know, sometimes my mind goes a certain place when I hear something that's impactful or why I say certain things or why I do certain things or act certain ways. And then hearing you, I I guess subconsciously it responds or makes me think of things that I do that I'm like, huh, I don't know if that's healthier. I don't know if that I should be doing that. Or maybe, you know, I should be more positive in certain things. I tend to go down sort of a negative place a lot. Now, it's not a negative place. I'm fun to be around, Ryan, yeah. when you say? I think he's
1: fun needs. to be yeah. around.
0: <laughs> <They're> <laughs> it's, it's, it's not like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a drag, but I definitely you know, feel like I can go down that place where it's like ah this person this and that 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 that, 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 that," instead of just sort of like not spending so much time in that area because it's unhealthy
1: you know not to be so jewish with you but because i'm a born (laughs) jewish person yes there's this have you heard this phrase about lush and have you ever heard that in the jewish i know kunahura kunahura is like keep the so lush and is like in the orthodox jewish circles sometimes let's say someone's just had a difficult pregnancy, a birth, or something's happened to a family. Mm -hmm. Lush and her, the community might get together and practice just not gossiping, saying things out loud that are negative as an offering for healing that person. And Lush and her to refrain from saying the thing out loud, like it's a really good, like we have a couple of good things in our tradition. Yeah. (laughs) That's (laughs) one of them. I mean, that's, yeah. because sometimes just giving voice to it constantly can be the bummer like saying out loud to the person what we don't like about things or always that can be the thing that concretizes it or makes it worse or so you practicing refraining then yeah. you're like all right we're just going to take a pass on that yeah. taking a knock out of somebody taking a bite out of somebody doing a yeah yeah it has a good source I, I, yeah. material
0: no i agree with you i think yeah yeah, I'm not gonna.
1: You're gonna be negative. <laughs>
0: no, it wasn't a negative thing. It was just, I feel Come like. Come on, let's
1: argue. This is no, Jewish I, of us. No, I, I
0: just, it's not arguing. I believe what you're saying. Um, I, I just like, I never talk politics on the show, but I think that it's just like, mm. I feel like it's unfortunate that, you know, in the last X amount of years or whatever, that mm. we can't have an open forum about things. In fact, it's probably been there for longer than just a few years. I mean, it's been, yeah. it's sort of like, you know. Um,
1: what do you make of that? I mean, isn't it crazy? I we just, can't I just even really it. be in the same room. There are my husband, my best friend, I have really good friends. They are, there is not two sides. There is what is right and what is wrong. And I have people on the other side that feel the same way, too. I mean, it is like cuckoo bird.
0: Well, it's just like, can I even have any conversations? And every time you think of saying something, you're like, um, I should. It's That's what upsets me is that I'm stopping myself from saying 80% of what I was thinking. But I think
1: right now this is just my two-cent opinion. It will pass. It will I think we could do with a little, sure. like, let's find the common ground and not just do the dump or do the... Yeah. And yet at the same time, we're in this mov- movement with Black Lives Matters and Me Too, where mm-hmm. to be able to call out things when you see it, say it when you, you know, that's really important too. So I guess we're all... It is. And I can speak to you as like a soul sister as being white and being raised with incredible privilege, We've been in such a soup that we, it's sort of like such a learning curve to even Mm. take in these other ideas, take them into heart and then know how to proceed. Like I, I don't know anyone that's getting it right.
0: I'll just say this. I don't think it was fair for so many years for black people, Hispanics, people of color to be typecast or stereotyped. And cast always as this and this and this for so long, and not be given the opportunities that privileged white people have had. And I hate that, you know, old Hollywood that we used to play, you know, an Asian character when we weren't Asian. And there's a lot of terrible, horrible things. So I don't mind at all. I'm like, I step back and go, hey, you guys deserve everything. (laughs) Like you, you deserve to be respected and paid attention to. So that's not, I don't, that's, I don't have any issues with that at all. I think my issues are more with just like, um, you say something and it's, you don't mean to be mean or you don't mean to be ignorant or you don't mean and you're lambasted by certain things. There's just not an educational sort of like, I think because as, as, as a child, I was sort of, um, no one had patience with me I was sort of ADD all over the place and Mm -hmm. I wasn't you know I didn't get affection or love at home so you know when I get like somebody yells at me or tells me you know I don't like that yeah I don't like to be told you're dumb you're stupid you can't it's it's a bigger thing so I guess it just used to be sort of an open forum where you kind of didn't worry about what you said too much and now you have to be and it's good to be empathetic
1: i think it's good to be i mean the way rob my husband talks about it is like it's sort of our turn a little bit just to be more listening like mm-hmm. he it and that's not an easy thing to develop right. if we're used to being able to just say how we feel or i don't like that or you know have like it's okay to just listen for a little while yes like, just to sort of balance it. and that doesn't come easy
0: no it doesn't. Yeah. But I think that's the most important thing there is, is listening. Right. Whether I mean, in, in life, that's the number one thing. Listen.
1: Yeah.
0: Learn. Understand. I mean, in, in Acting 101, the number one thing they teach you is listen. Right. Any kind of improv, listen. Right. Uh, look, you have had an awesome career and you've done so many things and you've worked with so many great people. I know you went to performing arts high school. Right. I know you did all these things. Were your parents behind that? Because they weren't, you didn't have actors in your family.
1: No, my parents were divorced. My dad was an executive in public television down in DC. My mom was up in New York city. Um, but she really came out of that whole uh, women's movement when Betty Friedan wrote The Feminine Mystique and women burned their bras and were like, I am not staying in a marriage where I don't, you know. <laughs> right. She was kind of part of that. And when I lived in Great Neck, Long Island, I was surrounded in that soup before we moved to Manhattan of women of divorced. Uh, Great Neck was, yeah, really unusual enclave of single women with daughters really bright brilliant women kind of finding their way through that period so my mom's thing more was almost so much of you can do anything you want yeah
0: was it hard um what, when did your father
1: i was eight yeah divorce is hard. it was i don't know did you anyone. feel
0: like abandonment issues even like um Did you ever notice that? You know,
1: it's funny because I'm such, I'm a mythologist now. I, I have certain images that come to mind. Like my brother and I were very young. I'm younger. My brother's two and a half years older. But from the time we were really little, eight, nine years old, we were taking the subway and then the train, sometimes the bus from New York to D.C. to visit my dad on the weekends without any parental help.
0: That's four hours, isn't it?
1: Four and a half hours. So I have like a Hansel and Gretel thing, like brother and me, like in Penn Station or in, yeah, that kind of thing. But sure, that stuff, it's a lifetime of working through of, yeah, I don't know. And you know, I'm thinking, I don't know if you have this, but contemporary friends, I'm sure you have friends that have gone through divorce and seeing now from the parental point of view, just the heartbreak of nobody wants to go through that. Nobody wants to put their kids through that. They would never choose to cause that kind of, So it's funny that it's almost like a facet of a diamond, the different, yeah.
0: Are your parents still with you?
1: My dad passed away from COVID.
0: Are you serious? Yeah,
1: that was pretty awful. No, how old? He was 86, almost 87. But he was in
0: perfect health before that? Not
1: perfect health. I mean, 87, you're gonna have things. Was he 86 or 87? Let's say 86, April of 2020. So it was right when it was all hitting and yeah, yeah my mom's still here she's still living in the same apartment on 86th street in york avenue and wow she's this very uh she's a political activist for nuclear disarmament yeah. and writes on it and travels used to travel quite a lot and speak on speak on peace well shout about peace <laughs> as activists tend to do <laughs> wow
0: yeah absolutely I mean, during COVID, when your father passed, were you even allowed to go to a funeral?
1: Nothing. We had nothing. Did you
0: ever get to celebrate his life or do anything?
1: Last summer, not this past summer, the summer before we all went to Maine where we would meet right over the years, uh, and my very close step family, just the the immediate family, we had a little memorial up on the island. But the day he died, I mean, you hear, it's so interesting hearing when people die, like what happens when they, so my brother figured out, because it was COVID, how to get an iPad in the hospital room filming him. So it was, this is the day he passes away. It was me and my brother on Zoom with him and my stepmother. And we're just chit-chatting. I mean, just tells you like when the body is ready to go. And we're talking about being in Maine and I hold up Trader Joe's mango slices. And I'm just saying on the Zoom call with my dad in one frame and my brother and my stepmom, I'm like, I don't know, these Trader Joe mango slices are getting me through COVID. I don't know what it is. They're just so delicious and chit-chatting. And then we started talking about being on the island on Buston's Main and chit-chat, chit-chat. And I look at my father's frame and I'm like, I don't think dad's breathing. And because it was COVID, we had to call, my brother had to call the hospital to get a nurse to go into the room to see if he had passed away. So it took like 15, 20 minutes till the nurse comes in. Then she couldn't tell us because you have to have a doctor. She says, can you please just hold a minute? She goes to get the doctor. Then the doctor comes in. I mean, it was wild. But the point being what? that- um, I
0: know. I mean, why wouldn't, he, if you stop breathing, Doesn't shouldn't there be like beep, 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 beep something?
1: No. But that's a good point. No one brought that up. But more what I think <laughs> I mean, the bigger question is is that kind of relaxed feeling, chit-chatting about Maine, talking about mango being slices. With family, he knew like the, the closest people in the- his and then I felt like he just thought I can go.
0: <sighs>
1: yeah. I was I mean, yeah. I'm talking about the positive, but believe, there was a lot of heart. You were pretty hurt. emotional. Oh, at one point my Rob just like scraped me off the floor and like took me, this is like the week, oh, when he first went in because of COVID, drove me up to Malibu and we brought beach chairs and sat along the, cause you're just, you're not in your right mind. You couldn't no. get on a plane and I didn't get on a plane, so yeah. It's, yeah,
0: you know, it's it, what's crazy is I was incredibly close with my grandfather, Irv. Irv was my, I mean, he was my joy. And my grandmother who's still still with us and he had Alzheimer's, so I slowly watched him deteriorate. Yeah. So I was losing a piece of him. As yes, time kept my
1: going dad on. had some dementia too, and I was losing him before COVID. That's such a hard one, isn't it? It's just it's such so a hard. hard
0: one. And I felt like I, I still, I still to this day think I haven't really mourned him,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and um, I think about him all the time. And sometimes I think about, gosh, he was so important to your light in your life. I mean, you, I, 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 t- I talked about him endlessly. To my friends, to people, to everybody, knew how much he I raised loved. you, or just no. As a, but like he was just a great role model, and he was always there for me. And like uh, you know, I'd stay months with them during the summer. And he, t- you know, when I learned my bar mitzvah, I, I learned it phonetically. Like they wrote it out phonetically, the and, I, and I memorized the whole thing. And he would help me run it, and like. He was just, I can go on about him forever. I would make endless videos. I interviewed him constantly. Like, I just, I I don't know. I just, yeah, crazy about him. And even to this day, I think, why, why are you not just more, why aren't you more upset? Why aren't you, what is it that you, have you not let go? But you have, like, I don't. When
1: did he pass away?
0: uh, A couple of years ago.
1: Oh, so it's new. During the time of COVID or before COVID?
0: It was before COVID, right before COVID, which I think he decided somehow subconsciously. Yeah. But no, I, I don't know what it is, but maybe it was because it was years of losing him where the last year or so it wasn't even him. Yeah. It was like, hey, Mike, where are we going? But you know what's weird is I wouldn't see him for some months. Yeah. And then I come back to Florida and visit. And I was with my dad and my grandmother and he didn't remember anybody's name at this point. Mm. And I walked into the place where he was, he was staying at this nice place they had for him with other people with, you know, mental, whatever, memory care, memory care. And he was, I walked in he's on this chair and he's sleeping and I just go, I just yelled at him and he, I'm telling you, I don't know what it was, (laughs) but he didn't miss a beat. He just goes. Mike, <laughs> and I'm telling you my eyes welled up, and my yeah, grandmother I have goosebumps, looked, my as grandmother you're just looked shocked, like, yeah, he just hears my voice and pops up, and it was, yeah, I mean, look, death is not for the faint of heart, and growing old is not for the faint of heart, no. and um,
1: look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating, all the must not take yourself too seriously and. Six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now.
0: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? You know, that sucks that you had to deal with it. You know, I i mean, look, there's always good qualities. Like I say to my grandmother, I mean, look how many years you were married. Look how many years you had him. She goes, I know, I'm grateful. Yeah. But that doesn't, you know, it's still, it's still not, you, you want him around forever, but that just doesn't happen. People, everyone dies. I try to think about that. We all are going to die.
1: We do, Michael. It this is true. It <laughs> just
0: happens. And it's hard. It's like hard to think about that stuff. But um anyway so your parents
1: i want to offer you something like when you're saying like i don't know if i haven't grieved him or I haven't something mm-hmm. i don't know if he had favorite things to do or anything like that but let's say like what's one thing you just would say like this is him this was him like he loved a black cherry soda from
0: you know what i do i did not even notice this but since he's passed i, I i'm just real have this having this realization now. <laughs> okay this is crazy <laughs> The two things that he loved more than, he loved his family more than anything, that was it, were tennis and golf. Perfect. And I've been playing them since he passed, every day, every week. So
1: beautiful. So one thing you might just want to add for fun, like even if it's woo-woo, you can say, Helen Slater, this is so dumb woo-woo, but okay. When you go to tee off or go to do your, just say like, I dedicate this to you, or this is to you, for you. This is my offering wherever you are because God knows what you gave me was just like the gift. And you just kind of make it like, yeah. that's like a way I think to that's keep awesome.
0: It. I'm going to do that. You know, I just remember- Don't forget
1: the dumb woo-woo, Helen Slater, so dumb. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> but he was just so, you know, we all have that person in our lives. We will be hope that just, you know, he take me golfing and he was just like, I just love being around this guy. He was so funny. Yeah. He would be like- Jesus, what the hell are you doing, you shithead? To himself. And he would get so <laughs> oh, hard. Oh he'd himself. say that too. Oh himself? yeah, to himself. Ah. And then he'd go, he's like, Oh, that's a good hit, Mike. That's I don't know how you do that. That's you got natural ability. Like he would just make you feel good. It's he was so oh, always such a good grandfather. Oh, he'd send me letters and pictures. Do you he'd know, save things. I have to
1: tell you one of the best things. My dad's longtime, um, she was his secretary, executive assistant. She told me after my dad died, gave me this great thing of like, you can still talk to him. And I've had, because I hike every morning, I've had times on that mountain where I am just talk to my dad. He was so good at like investments and that kind. Of, and sometimes I'm like, dad what do I do, (laughs) like, how do I, but it's in a way, it's funny, weirdly summon them, like, to just say, even like what you're saying, when you're feeling that thing of just like, man, I just feel so shitty, like, you know, Irv.
0: Keep that spirit alive.
1: You can say to him, Irv, like, what the heck? Like, what's the next thing? You know,
0: I swear to God, I do this too. (laughs) I I do that with him. I'll go and I hear his voice going, you know, he'll say things like, about death. I remember having this conversation. He was like old and he's like I remember I don't know how it started, but we're in the car and he goes, I don't look, Mike, this is this is what happens. We we die. And it was it was very basic, but he says he says, "Look, I have lived a great life. I got to experience my grandson." Beautiful. I got to have, you know, this family. Family is the the best thing you can have." Mm-hmm. And he says, but this is just the way it goes and you have to accept it. You have to, the way he was, he was saying it to me, like I was a really little, like a little child, but I needed to hear it like that. Yeah. And, um,
1: like not a problem. And and I I do hear his
0: voice. It resonates with me at certain moments in my life where I hear him say, what are you going to do? This
1: is, this is it. Yeah. All right, you get kicked
0: in the ass, you know, but whatever. All right, but back to you. All right, so, <laughs> um, all right, so you're acting, and, you know, what, it, so what was it like when you first started getting involved in, like, you know, you know, acting, I guess, for your parents who weren't doing something like that. And they were like, your mom was an activist. Like, what What did they, how did they feel about that? They
1: were super supportive, mm. really supportive. And I had that dumb luck of working right away. And we weren't allowed to work in high school, but we did, you know, Erica Gimple was in my class and Keisha Lewis and Lisa Vidal. They, we all have worked, Catherine Deproome since being in school. Um, But we would do little things like commercials. Erica played Coco in the TV series Fame. And so we, that was a big exception. Um, But we had a taste of what it was to audition, even though we were in high school. And so it wasn't like, the pump was getting primed by the time I said to my parents, I wanna take a year off before going to college and just see if I can get work,
0: yeah. When did you, were they ever like, you know, it's it's that thing where your parents really truly don't believe that you're going to become a famous actress. I don't know how they would. It's such a hard difficult like it's it's like you won the lottery. I
1: will race. say this though. My mo- my dad 100% yes. My mom like one of her shining qualities is just this crazy enthusiasm. Hmm. For what you love, like she just has that. she's also rough. We've had a head bumping for many years. I'm sure. She's very volatile personality. but in that lane of just like, do it, why not? Wow. Why not you? She really had that enthusiasm. That's and
0: nice love. because um, you know, I think it it finally happened for you know my parents. it took a long time. It was like, wait, you're doing independent movie. that's that's not a real movie. Is it not? Yeah. The, is it not in theaters? No, it's not. Well, then it's not real. Who's in it? Well, there's no big actors in it. Well, how can it be a movie?
1: What did your parents do? What do they do? My dad worked there?
0: for a pharmaceutical company, and yeah. my mother, although she did a repertory theater when she was younger, she and she always wanted to be famous and an actress. But she interviewed, you know, people like in a small town, and you know, people um, involved with sports, professionals, and things like that. And um, you know, she always wanted to have the attention. Um, but I don't think that they ever really thought that that I would amount to anything. I don't think, in fact, nobody did, really. And and this is <laughs> this goes back to my grandfather and my grandmother. I, I saw like my my uh, grandfather's book is old. Uh, what do you call it? A uh, diary, <laughs> and big word. And he um, he said something like, uh, "I was like, and I, and I can't believe it. I read a T ride. Remember." It's like, I can't believe, you know, my, my grandson, Michael, went on to you know, be an actor and, you know, uh, doing this show. And uh, it was just like I, the doubt. You could sense <laughs> the doubt. But I understand that. It's not like any, everybody's going to be like, yes, you're the most unpopular kid in the school and the smallest kid in the school. And you're from this small town and you're going to be famous. There's nothing, you, there's just, it just like doesn't make sense. And a no. lot of people think they're going to do that and they don't. And I I was fortunate enough to, you know, get out of there and, and do something. Yeah. But, um, but to have the support and have the love that you had to go do that, certainly, I could tell you from experience, helps a lot. That is something that, you know, I think profoundly helps your confidence and your sort of n- not giving up hope and sort of like, I'm doing the right thing. Yeah, I you know? was
1: lucky for that. That part was nice. It was not the, that wasn't the hurdle. Those weren't, that wasn't, their support was not what the. What was the hurdle? You know, I think for women, mothers and daughters, just mythically for a daughter to individuate and separate from the mother is gonna incur lots of challenges. It just is. I'm not a mini her, my daughter's not a mini me. And when you see that, that it really is like, oh, that is a separate, really separate being. We have different, int- we're just different, kind of. It's gonna cause. friction. I think so. I mean, my mom's always been on this enlightenment path doing the S training and doing Course in Miracles along with her brilliant brain. But that can't replace the actual what happens in in the dynamic between two people people unfold at different paces you can't make somebody go at your pace and that ability to really do that deep listening and respect that you know i think it's a very very challenging super hard
0: yeah that's interesting yeah um so yeah, so there was some friction that you couldn't really Just explain. Just mother, yeah. Just because you weren't alike and maybe she wanted you to kind of sort of inadvertently follow in her steps, you know, steps in she, a way. it'd be
1: interesting if someone does a study or a dissertation on this, but those women of my mother's generation that were like, hey, we we are liberated. You can do whatever you want. You are free. And then the daughters of that generation going like, I'm not. I'm not quite so sure what freedom means to me, because I've only been raised in a soup. If you can do anything, there's no. They had to push against immigrant parents and or that kind of mm-hmm. Betty Friedan, the sort of what marriage is, that kind of the conditioning of being raised in the '50s, and then having us in the '60s, like how we. So, our individuating from that was and it was unusual we had to find it on our own terms what our separation was going to look like because it certainly wasn't going to be we're going to be free because all they were saying is go be free go be you know yeah
0: so what i gather from that is and maybe this i missed the point completely no but i'm thinking that your mother faced so much adversity and so many hardships and now she's like and you're free and there's there it's twofold it's like one You know, where's your struggle, young lady? Without saying it, and B, you're like, I don't have to struggle as much as you did. I don't think
1: she. I think it was more like, we did the hard work. Go Go fly, (laughs) go be free. But it it turns out that psychologically, from a Jungian point of view or depth psychological Mm -hmm. point of view, nobody gets out of these uh initiations these threshold moments the challenges the things that set us back that move us you know
0: i got you that was
1: kind of the sham of the 70s self actualization movement you're going to awaken in a in a weekend and then you're done (laughs) yeah (laughs) you trip a little bit you know and that's just your (laughs) uh, belief and you have jargon to replace actual depth work you know that
0: kind of thing um i can't believe you were 18 when you did supergirl yeah you were eighteen years old.
1: Yeah, I turned nineteen when I was filming.
0: And Juno Schwartz directed that. Yes, who directed Schwartz. a lot of Smallville episodes? He did many. I oh, love Juno. Oh
1: yeah, we love him. Michael, Michael, what are you? please, please be quiet. Please, I have to get <laughs> through the
0: day. This little French guy who is was, was great. He's a great director. He still directs. Yeah, he's like in his eighties. It's great. I think, and he's still going. Do you remember? um the feeling you got when you got this larger than life role i mean this is at the time a 35 million dollar movie the budget i mean a lot of big people are in this movie
1: they have a clip because they were filming when they told me that i got the part i was at pinewood studios there's a clip
0: of you reacting
1: there's a documentary on the making of supergirl and you see me walking into the room with the salkins and timothy burl and the cameras on and they're like you know, thank you for coming and bop, 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 and you got the part, you know. So Did you your see eyes it. light up? Oh, I start crying. Like I just, I, you know, my whole life changed.
0: Your whole life changed?
1: Like massive, massively changed.
0: How many times did you test for this?
1: I went in, Lynn Stallmaster was casting. I don't know if it was once or twice. And then the screen test was the big thing where they flew me to London. And I don't know who else or how many other people. That might be in the documentary, but I just haven't seen it in so many right. years.
0: Were you intimidated? Um, Were you nervous around big stars like Faye Dunaway or Peter O'Toole? Or
1: my My... Singular memory of just the—I mean, so many years ago. It's so—it's forty years ago. Is it forty-one years ago? Yeah. Um, they really did it very smartly, if I'm speaking correctly. So Alf Joint, who trained Chris Reeve, trained me. So when I flew to London, I was by myself. I had no chaperone or anything like that. But I trained for four months, just gaining. 15, 20 pounds, weight training, trampolining, horseback riding, fencing, every possible swimming three times a week. I was in such a rig of running at the back lot of Pinewood Studios, and I met one of my dear friends who was my stunt double, Tracy Edden, now Tracy Michaels. So my point is, it really grew. You know, I was in London in this cocoon. So by the time it came to meeting Peter O'Toole or meeting Faye Dunaway or... I was in such a, I felt like I was the moss that was attached to the whole thing. Like it was intimidating and- But
0: you were prepared.
1: So prepared. Like it wasn't just coming like now, you know what it's like. You get a part and you have like three days or something. And you're just trying to get those six pages of dialogue memorized. Yeah. It's so not a way to work.
0: Look, I mean, I I don't want to get in. I'm sure people have asked you, but the one thing I think of, I don't think you even know this, Ryan. And you could just say, plead the fifth, move on.
1: Plead the fifth. Mm
0: -hmm. But like, I always hear horror stories about Faye Dunaway and I just want to know if any of it's true. Or Did you ever see that? Or let's just say, was she just intense or something you could remember? Or maybe everything was
1: great. You know, I did not have many scenes with her. So for me, um, what I... the thing I remember was, now that I'm gonna be 60 years old this year. Wow,
0: you look great.
1: And so she was probably, thank you. She you was probably only 45 maybe. Uh, I don't know, we can look it up. But how concerned she was with the lighting and the perfectionism of an aging woman. And being really struck by that more than anything else, more than is she difficult or that was the thing, like really tampering with the lights, making sure it was, um, you know, being self protective, being I never have had that. Like I've been on TV shows forever, and there are actresses they just are making. I it's sort of like I hope, (laughs) I I, hope you guys have it. In other
0: words, you're saying
1: (laughs) they take care of themselves. Trust
0: the DP. Trust But everybody. in a way,
1: I've seen things I've been in. My one mm-hmm. of my closest friends, Helen Hunt. We have a very funny story. Helen I, Hunt's one
0: of your closest friends. We she introduced, introduced me to my
1: husband. What? Yeah,
0: I love that Helen many. Hunt. <laughs> Do you know what I always think about when I think of Helen Hunt? Her amazing moment in Castaway when she hears that he's alive and she collapses in the kitchen.
1: Oh, that
0: just dropped me. That she's reaction. She's such an incredible. Anyway, actress. I love her. Go ahead.
1: I was doing a series in Austin and we're hiking when I got back and I was like, I, I look so awful. Like I saw it, I was like, oh hell, Belle, I just look so terrible. I mean, I saw the thing, I just can't believe how, and, she go, and I'm, I'm like, why do I look so awful? She said, because we're dying. And I was like, well, if we're dying, I guess I look pretty fantastic. And it really popped it for me. From that moment on, I was like, yeah, we're aging, I'm dying, it looks like that. I'm I'm done.
0: Oh my god! Right? That is exceptional advice.
1: Right? <laughs> think about it. I'm going to use that forever. Well, she's the funniest person on earth.
0: And when you get in fights with Rob, you go,
1: "You bitch! What were you thinking?" <laughs> no, no, I never, ever, ever, ever do that. <laughs> no,
0: I, you think I would think you would do that? Um, but that makes a lot of sense. You talk about like getting older, and we all do. Like I, I even look to some degree. Um, you know, I don't look at him and say, "Hey, how's the?" I just kind of g- just let it, everything go, and then it, it is what it is. Yeah. But I definitely look at myself sometimes, and I'm just like, "Wow, wow, you just you're just not the kid you sometimes feel like or you remember," and. You're looking yeah. more and more like an older person, and this is just the way it goes. This yeah. is again, this is this is life. We can't we can't stop it's it. It's Irv.
1: We need Irv, Irv. in the room. <laughs>
0: um, but you know, I but I could sort of understand too. It's much harder for a woman. It's much harder Basically. though. Like your whole life when you, especially when you're an actress, not especially when you're an actress, but when you're an actress, it's like you know. Um, Look, There's I, a
1: premium on how you look. There's a premium on pretty. There's a premium on, you know, they're just, we just value that so much in mm-hmm. our culture. And we don't have as many avenues for the elder women or aging or, you know, but they're, you know, it's all right.
0: I go through this with like, I'm like, I see all these guys my age and they're all ripped A lot of them doing probably, you know, testosterone, HGH, which is fine. Do whatever you want to do. I don't give a shit. You know, I might even start it. But uh, the point is I look at him and I'm like, oh, my gosh, man, do I need to look like that? I'm like, why do you need to look like that? Are you doing a superhero movie? Yeah. What do you need to do? I don't want to hurt my body. I've already had surgeries. I don't feel like doing it. Don't you know what I mean? It's like, I don't want to do this shit. I'll play some sports. I'll have some fun. I'll try to be as healthy as I can. But like, I don't want to like constantly just be ripped and shredded and drinking these beans and leaves. And and it's just, it's so daunting. And it's so it's so hard to do that. And the overall um, result could be fascinating. And you're But then you have to maintain it. Yes. it's like shouldn't the part of me is like shouldn't a 50 year old kind of look like a 50 year old like they used to when you used to watch movies like george c scott's 58 he looks like he's 80. what the yeah. fuck happened to him <laughs>
1: it's true we've had a weird
0: <laughs> you know difference everybody's trying to be looking as young as they can and
1: well cigarettes and alcohol will do that mm-hmm.
0: that's true that's true uh secret of my success um one of my heroes one of everyone's heroes you got to work with the michael j fox he got to work with you but um, I can't imagine that. that I mean, was, was that uh, just awesome?
1: Total fun job. Show up in New York City where I was from and be... Easy to work with? Oh my gosh, dream, like total-
0: You were so young here too.
1: Oh yeah. This is all like, I don't know, I was-
0: He's older than you, right?
1: A few years, not that much.
0: He looked like an infant in that movie. Yeah, <laughs> If you look back, he looks like
1: he's so young looking. Well, he was on that TV show Family Family Ties, ties right? I loved Family Ties. You guys, did
0: you ever watch that?
1: I didn't, but I'm um, that's I I've seen a little been bit been of together it. Together for a million years. Is that the theme song? And I bet we'll be together for a million more.
0: Yeah, I knew all of it. My brother <laughs> and I used to sing. I used to love Family Ties. But go ahead. Working with That's just you just love like working with yeah. I remember watching the moment where he's watching you drink water from the water fountain. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's just the most sexual kid's dream right, fantasy. Right. And you just look over at him, and I'm like, oh my god! This with the 1980s
1: weird. haircut with and the, 19- the blue eyeliner, lots of blue. Yeah, yeah, it felt very 80s.
0: I mean, you did a lot of memorable movies like Ruthless People and working with Bette Midler. And I remember the scene with. The you're talking to Danny DeVito, Judge Reinhold on the phone and the with the hamburger, and that's and it sounds like you're getting tortured or whatever. Right. And you know, you're screaming, and it, it looks like it was so much fun on that one, too. That
1: was that was those were the Zucker brothers and, and <sighs> Jim Abrams, who was the Zucker so brothers, talented. do um Kentucky Fried movie and top, airplane and airplane oh. and top secret. Were they great to work with? So much fun.
0: All you did was laugh and improvise.
1: You know, I don't know that we improvised much back then. That's like much more now current.
0: Right, the thing to do. Everybody's improvising. Yeah.
1: Ruthless People was based on an O. Henry short story called like Ransom. Oh, I can't remember what it is. But anyway, the writing was so tight because it's O. Henry. But that's why I think that movie works so well.
0: Wow! Did you only work with great people? Have you, for the most part, have you ever worked with those guys, that, guys or oh, gals? Oh gosh, yeah. You've I mean, with I've been around. Before? Oh
1: yeah, I've been around a really long time. You
0: have. You're not that old, <laughs> and don't say that. You're not that much older than me.
1: But I mean, I've been working since. I mean, in high school, I did a thing with Amy and the Angel that Matthew Modine and Meg Ryan were in. When I was seventeen years old. So it's been that an ABC after school special. Do you remember what those were centering oh about? Come on. Yeah. So Amy and the Angel, I played Amy and I was the sue it was a remake of It's a Wonderful Life. I was a suicidal teenager and Meg played one of the girls that was I can't remember what her part one of the high school girls and Matthew Modine played like the angel. I mean, crazy. We've been around a long time.
0: Wow, but you've seen some shit. You've seen some actors lose their shit. You've seen some people that are difficult to work with. And how do you deal with that?
1: You know, I've had a couple of experiences in the last 10 years, and I won't name any names because I don't want to do that. But the Mm -hmm. hardest thing I would say in the television world are when actors show up and don't have their lines down, like at all. And I feel and I understand the family pressures and the stresses, but I really think The stress, it's so hard to make these things, the crew, people working, you know, one hour television, there's just nothing more brutal. Nothing. 15 hour days, like, and then the crew on top. And that thing of just, you know, if I could have a magic wand, it would be, we all would have better memories or be able to memorize lines better. Because I think that really does.
0: So you remember an incident or incidents where, you know, someone didn't know their lines at all and it was holding everybody up and they they didn't care. I mean,
1: I just, it's... It's maybe a way of working. I would say it's something that ages me or shows that I'm from a different thing where some people just could get the lines just like that. I mean, one thing I really don't want to keep working for is because it is so hard to Mm -hmm. memorize now. I mean, as I'm getting older, it's just. It's a lot. Yeah, and my, my focus is so much on writing the dissertation and being mm-hmm, in school, and sure. then you just kind of mowed into this interior world of acting and line memorizing.
0: What do you remember about being in Smallville?
1: That was so fun. You
0: do. Now she had fun.
1: <laughs> that was great fun. Everybody knew their lines on that. Am I talking to you? Are you someone that never knew their lines? Is that no, why you are No, I only, no. In <laughs> fact,
0: that's one of my biggest pet peeves is when people don't know their lines. And I always have to know them inside out. So a lot of times if they say, you know, what I don't like is the night before they say, hey, first up, you're going to do this scene. And we just rewrote it. That's that, that, that couldn't terrible, be more terrifying right? because I'm just as takes, stressed as you can be yeah i want to that's why i'd rather do a movie yeah i rather do a series where you're about to shoot that they have it all written yeah and you can prepare and yeah. know your stuff it just and not makes such a difference about, it makes such you a change difference. lines up it's it's not a good thing but no. um smallville you did a couple episodes three episodes
1: i did three was it three or something yeah i had a great time
0: what do you remember we didn't work together
1: I don't think so, no. I mean, we did kind of an iconic scene of putting the baby, Julian Sands and I, putting the baby into the rocket to, like, go bring bring it down to... And Mm -hmm. then with... Yeah, everyone was so kind on your set. Do you remember that? I
0: loved them all. It was a family. It was it, it, just it sure like, was really a family. was There just... wasn't anybody I didn't like working
1: with. No, and they were so sweet to me and very, you That's know, what I it's felt about. very welcome. That's
0: what it's about. If, if The hardest thing, I, and I, I'm i repeating myself, is to be a guest star. And yeah. when you come into a, a a place where everybody has it down, yeah. all their jobs, it's, yeah. they, they know what they're doing, and you come in and you're the- lone yeah. wolf or you're like the you know the, it's the hardest it's, one. you know what my friend kathleen
1: Wilhoyt says she says being a guest star or a guest director is like being the girlfriend at your boyfriend's family thanksgiving <laughs>
2: okay <laughs> it's I, like you're yeah. going
1: you're kind of welcome there it's not your family it's not you. your thing you're they're kind still of testing like, you
0: but you don't you feel Do we that. like her yeah yeah <laughs> is he gonna marry and her who did you work with mostly
1: tom and tom and i had a little bit with laura vander laura
0: vandervoort supergirl
1: vandervoort
0: she was supergirl yep
1: yeah and but it was tom and julian it was tom though in that third second or third i can't remember it's too long ago
0: it hasn't been that long ago
1: has it i think so like 10 years ago 15 years ago i should remember that. that
0: long what year yeah it was something like that what year was that ryan what where she was on smallville because okay. you know we're doing the—I I told you we're doing the Smallville rewatch podcast. I know that Talkville. sounds very. So fun. everybody listening is going to be like, "You have to have her on."
1: Oh, you have to sure. come on. <laughs> but we might—what
0: we might do is when we get there to your part,
1: call me up and just zoom me in
0: you want to just blitz, you know breeze through it yeah uh, this episode and then you can talk about what you remember go oh my god i noticed this it'll yeah. probably be fun yeah it's kind of a, a why you know, not season seven and ten just in three episodes seven and ten well season seven was my last season i left after the seventh season that's why we. didn't so kidding. what
1: year was season oh that was
0: uh 2007 it aired uh november of 2007 and then yeah november 15 of years ago do you think wow yeah that was it was a while ago Do you still, I know you're writing, I know you're getting your PhD, you're doing this dissertation, you've got all this stuff going on, and and music, and writing, and six albums, and all this. I'm
1: exhausted hearing you talk. Can I just take a nap right now? But do you
0: still (laughs) honestly want to act? Oh. Or does it have to be something I mean, how
1: honest do we want to get? Honest, look- It's honest Abe time.
0: Here's the reality. You know, you've done it you are almost sixty, you said.
1: Yes. Isn't that great? If I say it, it freaks me out a little. Uh, like it really is like woof. How
0: about you're older than fifty? Old, you're a little over older 50. than fifty.
1: I'm a woman of a certain age. <laughs>
0: and you've done big movies and you've done big TV and you've you've written and you've played music and you have a great marriage. You have children, a daughter, a daughter Hannah. and you have all this, you know, you've lived your life and you still have many years to go. Yeah. But at this point, do you just say, I want to do what inspires me, what fulfills me, what makes me, ha- I don't know, happy is kind of a, but I guess makes me happy, but a sense of, um, do something that has a sense of uh, play, enjoyment.
1: I mean, you know, because I am, I'm so steeped in myth and depth psychology that that's not a light question for me. That's probably like the most profound question you could ask me. Right. And what I would say is, If you have the good fortune to feel a vocation or a calling towards something, if something is pulling you and you get animated by something, you are very, very lucky. That's good fortune. And for others and myself included, like the the happiest time of my life ever has been being in graduate school. Like isn't that so there's no question? That be my fear. I've had so much joy <laughs> acting and certainly my marriage, Rob Watsky, he's such an incredible partner. He teaches improv and he has this nonprofit and we do these great shows that at you can look him up at Turbine Arts. Okay, he's going to be so mad. Turbine arts.org. There's a dash. And
0: if they want to take an improv class, they can go there.
1: Monday. Oh, yeah. Monday's guys. And he's incredible. He's an incredible teacher. But anyway, those have all been great joys being in relation to other people. But the thing of the like the soul work, what is your that is like, that's the $64,000 question. And some people might end up just being. Being of service to others and living—you know—it's different for everybody. For me, it was about this this thing of of education and specifically learning about myth and James Hillman's writings, Jung's writings. You know, the just that's been the joy. So I don't know what it leads to after this, but yeah, that's, you know, um, I don't know. It'd well, be yeah. great if, like, you could have a mythologist you know i need to call my mythologist the way you might (laughs) call your shrink (laughs) yeah be like
0: it's fascinating the myth
1: person say about this you know it's funny because even
0: though you're talking about something which a lot of people probably don't know a ton about you've studied this spent endless hours learning and and educating yourself and doing this i think the under the, the message of of anything we do really is is ultimately doing things for yourself doing things, it's not doing things for yourself, it's, but not doing things just to please people, not doing things just to, like we talked about earlier, but doing things that you feel whole, that make you feel complete.
1: James Hillman, who's very present in my dissertation, who's a post Jungian and has written incredible books, Revisioning Psychology is one of the big ones, but he would say you move towards something if it animates your life exactly and if you're doing something for other people all the time you're gonna feel there's a deficit that you're something's out of sync i've said this before sometimes because we have lived so much as actors where we are pleasing or trying to get it right or hit the mark or say the line and that is so much about it can be so much about what someone else needs from us what the time is what the director needs what the writers need we got to get it in on time but the the thing of uh I sometimes will do like no one's looking, first very pretend there's nobody around. Like what would you like to do right now? Just very quietly yeah, on the shoulder. Like yeah. what and it'd be like, I think I would like to do this for a little while. I'm learning to like fan that fire of what would be of what would be helpful right now in this moment.
0: I hope Brian doesn't have those moments and <laughs> while he's sitting here they just go, You know what? Hey Rosenbaum, kiss my ass
1: Yeah. <laughs> This will be like, what I really need is to get out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, All right. This is called Shit Talking with Helen Slater. These are rapid fire answers and questions. Uh, These are from my top tier patrons um, who get to ask questions. There's tons of goodies there. They support the show. They help keep the the show flow. I love you. Patreon.com slash inside of you. Keep supporting the show. Here we go. Leanne says, how do you feel about being associated with such an iconic character, Supergirl? And have you ever felt any pressure to live up to the ideals that she represents?
1: Leanne is her name? Mm-hmm. Thank you, Leanne, for that question. Um, I think there's a shadow part to playing a role called Supergirl. And the shadow is that you're dealing with imperfection, not you know feeling like you're playing a part that's just such a lacking any kind of deficit weirdly. Mm -hmm. So that part I think is tricky, but ultimately I'm very grateful I got to do the part.
0: Good. Little Lisa, did you take any props or wardrobe from the Supergirl set? Little Lisa? Mm -hmm.
1: Well, little Lisa and big Lisa, (laughs) I did not take any props or costumes from the set. (laughs) You know I would,
0: and I have. You have not. Well, not from your, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? That's from um, Onyx, that big mask up there in the middle.
1: Wow. uh,
0: Episode um, where I was too, uh, the real Lex was trapped in a basement
1: wow and
0: the bad lex me was also away from him keeping him trapped and i kept that i also kept a lot of other things wow kelly s the legend of billy jean is one of my favorite movies you and richard bradford really got into character was it difficult filming the scenes with him when he was demoralizing and humiliating you
1: it was he's such a great actor and so kind and legend of billy jean the comic cons that i do i would say Almost more than half people are coming for that. They'll come up to me and say, I shaved my head because of Billie Jean. I, You know, that was, and Christian Slater was in it. We played brother and yeah. sister and that had this kind of, so yeah, uh, that was very difficult. Sort of the very early, early embers of Me Too moment movement because Billie Jean kind of doesn't take it lying down. She goes out on a rampage mm-hmm. and makes sure justice is served.
0: Do, what do you remember about Christian Slater?
1: such a kind fun sweet soul
0: do you ever talk to him anymore you...
1: not now as much no but back in the day you did yeah i mean yeah and he's such a talented actor and his mother mary Jo slater was a casting mm-hmm. agent and she's cast me in things over the years so, yeah. i
0: worked with christian for a year on the show he was always great, great yeah great great to he's work a with. great guy he was really he was like You're a little weird, Rosenbaum. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Wow. But I always made him laugh. Yeah. And, like, I visited their set the second season because I didn't do the second season. I didn't want to do the second season. But I loved everybody. So I went back to visit. He was directing the episode. And I remember he was just dealing with a lot of pain in the asses on set. And he came up to me and goes... I wish you were here, brother.
1: Oh, sweet. But you're lucky you're not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, such a good Ray guy. H., what kind of stunts were you doing as Supergirl? Did any of them feel dangerous?
1: Oh. Well, learning to fly was a little bit dangerous. I had to be hoisted up on those piano wires up into the sky and... Yeah, that first time when they're pulling you up like 60 feet in the air, Hello. I remember singing Hello Dolly quietly to myself, like just, just as I'm seeing the concrete floor. Well, further, to you and the sound way. guy, yeah, he's hearing it. <laughs> we weren't filming yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was what we were learning, <laughs> when I was learning. That'd be very odd.
0: Yeah. Um, Raj, tell me about a time when you uh, succeeded when others thought you would fail.
1: That's a good question, Raj, thank you. Hey, okay, Raj. I can't think of a time when I knew that other people thought I was going to fail, so I don't quite know how to answer it. But if I get an answer, I'll come back to it.
0: All right. Um, lastly, did you ever... Lastly. Well, not <laughs> lastly, but I mean, pretty much lastly. I mean, we, yeah, you know, this is great. Right. It just feels like, I'm like, wow, time has flown. But um, you don't seem like anybody, someone who would get anxiety, someone who would deal with depression, somebody who like, you've had a strong you know, you know head on your shoulders and you know, um, good upbringing, but people get anxiety and depression for all sorts of reasons and some genetic whatever but did you ever have to deal with that
1: i have definitely weathered feeling very anxious at times i mean i've never been diagnosed with a clinical anxiety problem or clinical depression but i certainly have been through periods where this adrenalized feeling where there's a feeling like of being terrorized by something or gripped by something and uh almost like my fingers in an electric socket, like I just wanted to change the narrative and not keep, without going into details, it was in a relationship that was too, becoming too confrontational all the time. And I just started to see like, for my mental health, it just was not, it was healthier to take a step back and have some space.
0: And what do you do now if you're feeling anxious? what are the things that you do I mean to help the other
1: you? my other wonderful image is like yeah. I've said to my therapist like I'm like a cat up on the ceiling like where's Helen then like you look up and she's like got all four things she's up on the, so like <laughs> come down shh shh sh- come down um you know I meditate and I am a big yoga pra- practitioner and I do hike every single day and every
0: I, day you hike
1: and I think I mean if I were to die tomorrow and leave one thing to my daughter or to anyone that would be halfway interested, it would be like, get yourself in nature as much as possible. I don't care if you have to like drive to the beach or get on the hike or look at a tree, just keep putting your eyes and your nervous system in nature.
0: Huh? Interesting. I mean, what if like, I like nature.
1: (laughs) Are you Woody Allen in this way? (laughs) It
0: scares me that you're like, this is what you need to do i don't hike a lot um i'm not like what do you
1: like to do you like to play golf
0: i like to play competitive sports whether i'm playing tennis or golf or softball or hockey oh dear i like to play sports i like to watch movies i like to play games i like to um go out to eat with friends do
1: you like to go in the ocean do you surf or i like to go in the ocean if
0: it's really warm I don't like really cold, freezing oceans. Yeah. That's not really appealing to me. And I don't like being too hot. <laughs> There's nothing I think worse. basically
1: you're describing an infant. <laughs> I don't mean to like get to. <laughs> it's just.
0: I mean, look, this is also therapy for me. <laughs> this is why I have you on the show. Um, I mean, but look, I, I get what you're saying. And I do like nature. I I I do things that I can't
1: say it's prescriptive for everybody. I just know that there's no downside. How about that?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. There's
1: no- And plus, we want to interrupt these habits of mind that are just nightmares on Mm. our system. And going into a park or looking at a tree or- Like right now, things are blooming everywhere. On Friman Canyon, everywhere. It's Mm. all starting to go. You just- just to look at it is going to do something to the nervous system. You know what
0: else it is? I like to do things with people. I like to, if, if, for instance, my friend Tom and Ethan and Ryan said, hey, we're going on a hike. It's not that long of a hike. It's just kind of like an you hour. You would do it
1: because it's with your friends. Yeah,
0: that sounds like fun. But me just getting up and going on an hour hike just seems...
1: Annie Lamott has a great line about that. My mind is like a bad neighborhood I don't want to visit it alone. N- my, a bad neighborhood at night. I don't like to go there alone. Yeah, I think that's
0: probably <laughs> me. This has been an absolute joy.
1: You are a joy. Thank you I, so much. I love much. this. It's just
0: so it so easy talking to you. You're, you you comfort me.
1: Thank you. you. Make, well, you're worth being comforted.
0: Thank you. And you and you make me you make me think. You make me sort of Reevaluate some things that I think need to be reevaluated in my life. And uh,
1: you're doing great. You got a smiley face on your cap.
0: I do. I got you're Ryan bringing right people
1: here. into your home. You've got the fabulous Ryan. You're being. <laughs> you're finding fellowship. That's like you. And by the way, fellowship and circling up as a guy having male friends and being that's huge. Thank I you. really commend that. That thing of like being in relation with other guys and having friendships. That's a big, big. Piece to the puzzle.
0: Thanks. Uh, is your daughter an actress?
1: Hannah. She's a writer.
0: Hannah's a writer. Yeah. She doesn't want to act.
1: She went to Tisch. She did the acting mm. program there. She would in her own stuff, but yeah. Now she's a COVID captain on the Eddie Murphy movie. They have night shoots going on, and she's telling people to put their masks on. Really?
0: <laughs> awesome.
1: She's very funny.
0: Thank you Thank for you being Michael. here. This Thank has you, Michael. Thank you, and
1: You guys are great.
0: You're great. She was awesome i loved having her on the show she was so calm which made me calm it was just she was very just hey let's just have a conversation mm-hmm. and i love that they're not anticipating they're just here they're present she's very present and i'm sure that's taken a lot of time and work on herself or maybe she's just been like that her whole life uh thanks for listening again subscribe if you really like the podcast write a review join patreon.com inside of you to get back to the podcast um you can listen to all that other stuff in the beginning and thanks, Helen Slater, for being here. Bryce, thanks for being here. Yeah, how's the course. baby? How's Beckham?
2: Good. He's uh, becoming a toddler, and it's getting <laughs> more fun. It's it's harder, but it's more fun. There's not you can't just like put him down and go run to do something real quick and come back because he's moving constantly.
0: Why did you name him Beckham?
2: Uh, we just like the name.
0: It wasn't after mm, the soccer player.
2: No, I don't. Soccer's fine. I've, I didn't play soccer growing up. I don't really care about it at all. Don't care about Beckham's David a cool Beckham. name. We like it a It's lot. just like a
0: girl would be like, oh, Beckham. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I'm going out with Beckham.
2: That's why we did it.
0: I'm going out. With... It sounds like a sports name. Now up to the plate, number seven, Beckham Mallers.
2: I think he has to play soccer.
0: Ooh, I don't know, because he's, he's getting the shadow. Oh, look, that's Beckham. Like he's no Beckham. You can't name your
2: kid Kobe, and he doesn't play basketball. It's ridiculous. Mm,
0: I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> like, uh, we love you guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs> um, and uh, let's give a shout. Let's give our shout outs. Yes. Our top tier patrons. These are them. These are the ones. A lot of perks with patron. If you're, if you're listening for the first time, um, I do YouTube lives uh, with, with the patrons. Um, I send boxes to the top tiers every couple of months with a personalized note. Um, we do a lot of stuff and there's more stuff coming. You get to ask questions on the podcast and blah, blah, blah. Inside of you is uh is, is is successful because of Patreon. patreon.com inside let's get the shout outs Nancy D Leah s and Kristen K little Lisa Yukiko Jill e Brian H Nico P Robert B Jason W Sophie M Raj C Raj told me to watch an animated movie and I was like no thanks it was like "What a, was it I don't know I don't like um what's it called Animation? no not anime i'm not really big into anime anime i have like
2: anime. Oh. just never been yeah, into never anime excited. i
0: just never got into it yeah so when people tell me to watch it i just i should probably watch spider universe or whatever spider verse yeah i've
2: heard good things about that but again i'm just it, it doesn't
0: appeal to me i like real tangible mm-hmm. like people
2: but not succession
0: Succession's just too dysfunctional for me in my dysfunctional life. I don't want to be more depressed. Joshua D., Jennifer N., Stacy L., Jamal F., Janelle B., Mike E., Dan Supremo, 99 more. Uh, You know who I miss? Ramira. She's not on here anymore. Remember Uh, Ramira?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Santiago M. Santiago M. M Made that statue. The bust. He also made the little bust that I was uh, putting on the pot on the uh, Inside You Online Mm -hmm. store. And those... Or purchased really fast he's doing a sorority boys one of adina oh that's cool yeah so he's gonna do some of those and he's doing another lex Luthor figure so he's a man yeah san diego m chad w Liam p maddie s belinda and dave h dave hall hello dave sheila g brad d ray h hi, da, da, tab of the t tom and what's up, tom old tommy boy talia m betsy d i miss betsy d and talia all of you, Angel M, Rhiannon C, Corey K, Dev Nexon, Michelle A, Jeremy C, Brandy D, Yavor, Joey M, Eugene and Leah, Corey, Jake B. Eugene and Leah, how's the baby? I hope well. I hope not crying all the time like they did at the con that time. Angela F, Mel S, Christine S, Eric H, Shane R, Andrew M, Tim L, Amanda R. Jen B, Kevin E, Stephanie K, Jarell, Jammin J, Leanne J, Luna R, Mike F, Stonehenge, Stone H, Brian L, Kendall L, Meredith I, Kata C, Jessica B, Kylie F, Marisol P, Esteban G, Kaylee J, Brian A, Ashley F, Marion Louise L, Romeo B, Veronica Q, Frank B, Jen T, Nikki L, April R, Cassie B, and Derek N. Couldn't do it without any of you. Uh, we love you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. And uh, without further ado, I am Michael Rosenbaum from the Hollywood Hills in California.
2: I'm Ryan from the <laughs> No, you're not. <laughs> I'm Bryce.
0: From the Hollywood from Hills? From the
2: Hollywood Hills of California?
0: Yeah, that's it. A little wave of the camera. I don't
2: know the sign off. That's all right.
0: We love you guys. Um, thanks for listening and be good to yourself. We'll see you.